Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Knife Journal Podcast. Kyle Versteg. I'm here with James Noka. This is episode 62. This will be a quick one today, right? Yep. Hello, guys. How are you today? Yeah. So Gl- glorious day. We're now mm-hmm. we're now butt buddies with Cuba. Yeah, you know that. And uh, uh, Obama said today that uh, Sony Pictures should not have stopped the uh, release of the movie that pissed off the Koreans because, you know, we don't modify what we say or or, uh, do in public um, just because it might piss someone off. That's not American. (laughs) 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 Meanwhile, Al Sharpton is going after, uh, you know, some of the the people that were saying disparaging things in those uh, Sony emails, and of course nothing is said. Well, I had to laugh. I had to laugh because he was, he was like, uh, um, he, he, he had a private meet. Who the hell would meet with this guy? Uh, Why would you have a private meeting with this guy? And they'd come out on the front steps of their meeting and say, oh, this, this is a private, quiet meeting. We're not going to announce. And he has a fucking press conference right afterwards and says, and says, Hollywood is like 1950s white America. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, and then the other thing, and we should really move on because we've got no time, um, is, uh, you know, s- similar situation. Uh, a guy a couple years ago, what was it, 2012, released a video that r- supposedly pissed a bunch of Muslims off and led to the killing of our uh, ambassador, and Obama threw the guy in jail. So, yeah. you know, yep. apparently yep. it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's... Un-American it, to censor what you say sometimes, but uh, you know other times, you know depending on who's 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 ox you're goring is, uh, yeah. is it's very very American to throw people in jail for what they say. Yeah, you know. that's crazy. Yep. Anyway, so I got the uh, Prometheus Design Works knife. Yeah, it's awesome. Mine's on its way. Yeah, which one did you end up getting? Oh, uh, the stag handle one. Sweet. You know, there's only a few of those. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so got lucky, and I got one, and I think you'll be happy that the packaging is really neat, the way they package. What's it. A, what's what's the box look like? I haven't seen it yet. It's uh, I have a video up on my channel, but um, <coughs> have you ever bought like a real super high end drill bit or countersink? Oh yeah, and yeah. It's got yep, like yep. a plastic thing with ribs on the side, and you pull it to open it, and it yep, and yep, then, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it's like that. Oh, cool, yeah. cool. I thought it might be like one of those harmonica box cases where it's two boxes that nest in, inside each other. Oh, like those Russian deal things? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, no, no. So, anyway, I thought it was really, really neat, well-done knife. Um, it's going to be a safe queen. <laughs> one of really? One of two. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to carry that one. Uh, it's, oh, that's too bad. Well, you know, I have other knives that are... Identical to that, except for the small blade that I can yeah, carry. Yeah, that's and, that. That small blade has got me totally intrigued. Yeah, somebody was trying to tell me it was a can opener, but I don't see how you would use it as a can opener because it doesn't have the deal to grab the lip, lip of the can. 
I mean, if you were just going to stab it in there and jimmy it around, maybe. But I don't, I don't think it is a can opener. But I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm just not not seeing the big picture here. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. Um, that could be. Well, um, let me think. Have you seen that Bark River Scandy knife? Yeah, that's pretty with cool. With the segmented handle. Yeah. That, how did they did it as a stick tang and then put a? Yes. Yeah, it's <coughs> really cool. I like that. I wonder how they secured is, the uh, butt caps on there. Uh, I don't know this. Oh, probably a nut. But how? Because it's off center. Mm, yeah, I, I don't because because the the handle is downswept, so I'm not sure how they would have done that. I haven't gotten one yet, so I don't know. Yeah, I haven't. Oh, excuse me. I haven't, but it's but it is a beautiful piece. Yeah, those are gorgeous. Um, that's that's been three years. Really. In the in the discussion. Yeah. Well he since from discussion to final finale. Well he rescued me from having to do those because uh some guy was wanting me to make uh, a traditional puko. Mm-hmm. And like I can do it. It's just not my favorite thing to do. So Did you did you ever see the one I did? Puko? Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. I did this one at an ice inn. Um Oh yeah. How'd you do the handle? It's a stick tang. Okay. It's a stick tang, and it's segmented. All those are segments. Nice. That's cool. I like that. Yep. It really came out beautiful. I mean, uh, and and the and the 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 uh, back half of it is just uh, the stick tang just was glued into it. Yeah, you can do them that way. There's nothing wrong with that. A whole lot of knives are made that way. Yeah, this is a this would make it. This is a nice knife. Yeah, yeah. So I was. I that, that's actually pretty cool. It's a pretty big departure from a lot of uh, Bark River stuff. So I thought that was yep. kind of neat, yep. intriguing yep. anyway. Yep. Uh, other knife stuff. Uh, we've talked about on the podcast before those uh, Mac Balan novels. <laughs> yep. Well, they are no more. Uh, the last. They uh, the the publisher dropped the series. Um, oh, I thought I just saw something that he's back. No, um, what happened was, and people can get can check this out if they want. But they uh, uh, Linda Pendleton, Don Pendleton's wife, uh, released like the first thirty uh, of the uh, novels as ebooks on. Uh, Amazon, you can get them for like four or five bucks a piece. So it's a pretty cool little uh, thing. I, I downloaded the first one just to check it out, but I haven't gotten very far into it. But um, I don't know. I kind of like those things. <laughs> pretty neat to read. No, they were they were. Uh, we used to listen to them all the time when we were driving. Yeah, and a friend of ours, Phil Elmore, uh, has written uh, quite a few of those. So pretty neat thing. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know much else about that. Um, so do you want some, uh, some other, uh, knives in the news here? Yeah. Okay. So, um, Minnesota officials, Washington man stabbed self. <laughs> How did he do that? Uh, I don't know. And he, That's gotta be hard to do. And then he charged sticky. police and then was shot. Uh, doesn't I can't see two officers shot him multiple times when he charged at him. 
Um, yeah, I don't say it doesn't say whether he uh, is dead, um, but I'm assuming it is. Uh, if two well. two officers shoot you multiple times, then in Phoenix, uh, some guy threw a knife at the police and was shot. <laughs> Dumbass. Uh, what is wrong with people? I don't know because all of a sudden they think that just because you know somebody tries to grab a gun from the cops and gets shot for it, and everybody gets pissed off about it, that now they can just do whatever the hell they want uh, to the police and get away yeah, with it. I don't it. think that's a good idea. No, and, and it's not going to happen. So people don't don't try to struggle with the police because you're going to end up dead, and nobody's going to give a fuck about you, and I don't give a fuck about you. In fact, you probably should end up dead if you struggle with the police. Um, let's see. 12-inch knife removed from man's skull after San Rafael domestic violence attack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. There, there's, uh, it's all kind of stuff like that. Um, Chicago inmate stabs attorney uh, with makeshift knife in Cook County. Some people would stay, say that's a good start. I wouldn't ever yep. say that. Yeah. Um, we have lots of attorney so, friends. <laughs> so everything is stabbings, huh? Yeah, so far, stabbings, knife attacks. Uh, no, 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 knife saves toddler. Uh, or anything like no, that. No, last time we had like knife um, versus bear. Right. Uh, right. And I was hoping for one good news, <laughs> one good knife news story. Well, uh, yeah, I don't see anything else. Um, yeah, it's, it's all, uh, crime related knife news right now. Maybe they're getting ready to try to ban them or something. Well, I heard, I've heard tell of that before. Oh, they always try. They'll do anything they can. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Dale Hathaway, I don't know who he is, severed ex-girlfriend's nose with a knife after she found a new man. Well, it, that happens too. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's also a part of uh, certain cultures that you sever the nose of a someone, uh, a woman who does some particular act. Doesn't I don't know what it is, but you know all cultures are created equal. So how dare us judge? Yeah. Uh, hey. Um Bark River Knives offers the best combination of ultra-modern CNC components and old-world craftsmanship. All Bark River Knives are hand-convex ground and sharpened to perfect cutting geometry for the task they are designed to perform. Bark River Knives are available through our authorized dealers. Ontario Knife Company has a bushcraft machete. Really? <clears throat> How did they execute that? Um, I don't know. I didn't know that there was such a thing as a bushcraft machete. Hmm. I thought it was like you used like a $500 axe and like a, a $2 Scandi Grind knife. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, speaking of bushcraft, um, so I heard from our illustrious moderator that uh, he actually likes Zamfir. <laughs> and so uh, I was giving him a ration of shit the other day. <laughs> so our uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for today's annoying music, I present the Shoot Middle School Orchestra playing MacArthur Park. Nobody can like this, like, unless you're, like, one of the parents. Like, the kids were probably even mortified. <laughs> it's just horrible. Just horrible. Uh, and I have I have a big, huge library of annoying, awful music, and uh, we'll be bringing you some more of that until I hear cries of mercy. Uh, <laughs> what else do you know? Um... Yeah, not a lot. I mean, it's been kind of a quiet week for me. We're leading up to Christmas. You know, everybody's scrambling to get Christmas stuff done. Uh-huh. Um, I do. I probably should do a little report on uh, on that um, uh, mud bug. Uh-huh. Uh, just a quick little mud bug update. Okay. Um, I actually really like this knife. Uh-huh. Um, I'm getting it out of my pocket here. The... I don't know if I said if I had said this about the, you know, I used it to um, uh, skin out the uh, the deer. Oh, cool! That I got, you know, I mean, I did basically all of the took out the loins with it, and and uh, I did a, a just a tremendous amount of work with it. <clears throat> and I tell you, it's I have not sharpened this at all, mm-hmm. and it's still freaking shaving hair sharp. Cool. I mean, I'm I'm really quite impressed with this knife. This is a, uh, this is a very very nicely made. I, the blade, there's not been, I mean, no, you know, blade play is marginal, but you know, it's a folder. It, it's a it's part of the construction. Yeah. I think of of the knife. I mean, I don't think it's a, but as far as uh, lock play, you know, there's not. It's it's very very minimal. I mean, you can you can barely feel it. Um. It's just a handy, handy knife. I mean, I've been carrying it around in my back pocket. I put a nice lanyard on it, and it's nice and flat, you know, so it's it, it fits real. Very, very comfortable knife. A lot of knife for the dollars. Cool. Um, I think. And, uh, you know, with a proper patina, which I'm, I'm getting there pretty quick, you know, with, uh, with what I've done with it. You know, you just basically wipe it off and wash it with soap and water, wipe it dry, and... Uh, you know, cut your apple up with it. Nice. 
Cool. Yep, it's been nicely done. Yep. Uh, yeah, my only new knife is that Prometheus Design Works, and I like it, mm-hmm. but I have so many other knives of that description, and this one is so valuable that I'll probably just uh, shelve it, give it to somebody someday. Yeah, it's a nice looking knife. Yeah, the stag on mine is just gorgeous. Like, uh, and stag is actually very difficult to find. I get people asking me to make make stag handles, and I'm like, well, you supply the stag, <laughs> and I'll make it. Yeah. But like, I'm not gonna go trying to hunt the crap down. It's difficult. And then, how do you know you're actually gonna get stag if you order it? You know. <coughs> so. Well. The India stag, there's not much that replaces that. Nothing else comes out like that. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you try to use elk horn, it's not near as dense. Hmm. Yeah, you'd think it would be. Mm-hmm. You'd think it would be, but it's not. Hmm. Uh, uh, I'm getting ready to close my knife shop for the winter. <laughs> you getting chilly out there? Yeah. So won't I have uh, uh, one knife to fin? Actually, two knives to finish. One of them is actually both of them are almost done, and then I'm going to close it. Well, now what you do is you start forging knives. Nah, because I, then I still have to finish them, and I've got I've got uh, oh I don't know like 25 blades that have been heat treated that I need to finish yet. So okay, I got to let knucklehead in and out. Yeah. Come on, come on, knucklehead. Yeah, uh, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna close it up here, probably in the next couple days. Well, nice, yeah. nice. Well, take a take a hiatus. Yep. Let all the little cuts on my hands heal up. <laughs> all the little metal <laughs> splinters work their way out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you get uh, Did you get a lot of belt cuts? Oh, I've had a couple. None of them are that bad, though. Yeah. So, uh, none of it's none of it's too terrible. Um, let's see. What else do I know? Oh, I put up uh, eight pounds of dried beef. Sweet. Up hanging in the basement. Should be done in Sweet. a couple weeks. Sweet. I've kind of. Uh, the other thing I did was uh, restart a sourdough culture. Um, every couple years I'll do that, you know, but this time I've got a new secret weapon and it's that pickle meister with the airlock. Mm. Yeah. The problem, the problem you run into with sourdough, uh, cultures is that eventually, um, they can get, uh, infected with molds and things, uh, you know, if, if, if they're kind of open to the air and then, uh, you know, bugs in the, in certain weather can become a problem. So, um, the Picklemeister seems to be working very well, and uh, I've had a loaf of bread already from it. It's awesome. Epic. Picklemeister. Yep. I just get a kick out of that. It's the kick. Yeah. It's the ticket if you want to make homemade sauerkraut. Yep. So, uh, what else? What else is going on? Oh, let's see. For all of all of you people who want to care who care about Stormy and how he's doing, he just got a new Facebook page. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and he's been posting pictures about blue tick hounds, which is kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, 
my wife bought him a new uh, <clears throat> um, collar. Oh yeah, which is like fluorescent, like safety that safety yellow reflective color. Okay. So he's all excited about that, and I think she's warming up to him a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Does it have a uh, a uh, option where a very small, extremely sharp blade comes out and and jabs into the carotid artery? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Maybe that's why she likes him so much. She likes to get to get that for him. <clears throat> I know. I know. She had me install the shock collar feature. Oh, good. <laughs> in that, so that's, that's kind of funny. Yep. Um. Oh, speak of the devil, right? You know, the, you know. The, I, I told her the other day, the rabbits eat under the bird feeder. Come here, shut up. No. Okay, and with that, that's the end of our podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> He's saying goodbye. He's signing off. Yeah. Um. What are your, you got your Christmas tree up? This oh, is yeah. the last, we, probably the last podcast before Christmas. Yeah, I know. We've had ours up since, uh, since uh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> See, I think that's the part of my missing my kids in my house because we don't have our, we, we have our outside of the house decorated a little bit, but we don't have a Christmas tree up there. Oh, uh, yeah. And this is, you know, the, what, what is this? This is uh, 19th. You got five days before Christmas. Yeah, you got to get it up a day after Thanksgiving. I mean, what else are you going to yeah. do? Go to the stores and get trampled <clears throat> by a bunch of proles? Yeah, I got. Um, I think what we're going to do is go this weekend and get uh, um, a couple live uh, trees that that still have the root balls. Okay. You know that all live. Yeah, yeah. You know, that you can plant after you're done, and we'll probably do that. That'd be nice. I'll, 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 you know, they they ask. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, they were asking 40 bucks a pop for them. And I told Kath, I said, well, what we'll do is we'll go and uh, I'll say, I'll give, give me three of them for a hundred bucks. <laughs> see what the guy, see what the guy says. Yeah. And throw in some twine strapped into the top of the car for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be, that'll be kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, and you know what else time of year it is? Huh. It's time to watch. You'll shoot your eye out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we haven't watched that yet this year, but we've watched uh, all the other ones. I like yeah. uh, the uh, the Scrooge one with uh, George C. Scott, uh, Christmas oh, yeah. Carol. I like that. I like, uh, oh, shit, I for, almost forgot about Bad Santa. Oh, crap. I haven't seen Bad Santa. Oh, man, I'm totally going to, i got to get that uh, on the TV tonight yet. I haven't seen that. That's one of my favorites. Um, and we watched Grinch, of course, uh, a bunch of them. So have you watched Rudolph? Uh, we got to get that on the TV this weekend for the kids with your nose so bright. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Yeah. I haven't watched that. Um, that's a racist. That's actually a pretty racist, uh, show. It's anti-dentite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's an anti-dentite. Yep. That's that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> so are you are yep. you ready uh, for some uh, Michigan news? Left-handed Michigan news? No, what? We got a left-handed pitcher in Detroit. No. Are you sure you want? Are you sure you're ready? 
Yeah, okay. I'm sitting down. Now, people, um, it's been real nice talking to you this time. Uh, this is a short podcast. Uh, but if you want to keep listening, you can hear some news uh, from Michigan that's, you know, it's probably, if you're left of center, it's probably really, really, really going to piss you off because the, the guy involved in this story had his uh, apartment trashed and has gotten all these death threats from all these people. So, um <clears throat> I'm just reading it. I'm I'm not saying this, but uh, listen, it's been real nice having you, and we are going to transition to another mode for the podcast. When shadows fall and trees whisper days and days My thoughts are ever wending home When crickets call And here we are. So, um, this, this article comes to us from the Michigan Review, which is a student newspaper, I believe, at the University of Michigan. Yes. People. And uh, let's see. The guy's name who wrote this is Omar Mahmoud. M-A-H-M-O-O-D. Right? And uh, it's got a picture of the University of Michigan there with an American flag and all this. The title of the article is Do the Left Thing. And then right at the very top of the article, in capital letters bold, it says trigger warning. And here, we'll, we'll go right into it. He says, uh, It was one of the coldest days of this winter past, and I was hurrying along the diag to class. The blistering cold did not turn my eyes from all the white privilege falling around me. All those white snowflakes falling thick upon the autumn leaves, burying the colors. Majoring in women's studies, you know, spelled with a Y, I've learned that oppression comes in many forms. Sometimes we fail to notice it because it's just everywhere, just like that white snow. As I walked, I slipped on a patch of wet leaves lining the steps of the hatcher, and I fell forward headfirst onto the steps of the library. If it hadn't been for that left hand that I thrust out right before my fall... I would have ended up just another statistic in the war on colored people. (laughs) As it were, a white cisgendered hetero upperclassman came (laughs) down the steps just as I was falling. He looked at me with that white man burden face that I see too often on this racialized campus. Cold, isn't it? He asked. Or should I say axed? Behind his words, I sensed a patronizing sneer, as if he expected me to be a spokesperson, uh, spelled (laughs) S-Y-N, instead of son, (laughs) for my whole race. He offered his hand to help me up, and I thought to myself how this might be a manifestation of the patriarchy patronizing me. I doubt he would have said those violent words had I been white, but he would take any opportunity to, <laughs> any opportunity to patronize a colored man or women. 
People, <laughs> people on this campus always box others based in on race. Triggered, I waved his hand aside and got up of my own accord. He was taken aback. Suddenly, <laughs> I felt I was taking back some of that lost agency that colonial had, colonialism had robbed from my people. I felt like <laughs> Amir Khan in Lagan. That's right. That white man wasn't about to tax me. I didn't even want to be that white. I turned on my heels and showed him my back. He shouted after me, I was just trying to do the right thing, people. The right thing. <laughs> the right thing. I became so aware at that moment of the left hand that I thrust out before falling, and suddenly my humanity was reduced to my handedness. The words rang in my eardrums, and my blood throbbed. This was a microaggression that broke the gender-neutral camel's back. But unlike other microaggressions, this one triggered a shift in my worldview. All this while, I had been assess obsessed only with color on this campus. All of a sudden, though, that became a side issue. All those race-based microaggressions now seem trivial. I had, I realized, forgotten to think intersectionally. Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest obstacle to equality today is our barbaric attitude towards left-handedness. It's a tragedy that I, a member of the left-handed community, had little to no idea of the tro atrocious persecution that we are dealt every day by institutions that are deeply embedded in society, so deeply embedded and so ever-present that we won't even notice them. But then I think to the word sinister. In our English, it means evil. But that's because it used to mean left-handed in Latin, and left-handed people, especially those of color, were considered evil. In organic chemistry, we are taught the R and S distinctions. I realize now that whenever we came across a left-handed antimer in the course pack, I could just feel the patronizing gaze of the right-handed members of the class on the back of my neck, and now I finally understand why. <laughs> and the University of Michigan does literally nothing to combat the countless instances of violence that we encounter every day. Whenever I walk into the classroom, I can hardly find left-handed desk to sit in. In the big lecture halls, I'm met with countless stares as I walk up the aisle along the left-handed column. <laughs> even Stormy's Dude, getting even howling. Even Stormy's getting upset. <laughs> the university cannot claim to be my school while it continues to oppress me. We need to find That's... allies with other minority groups and work against the establishment. <laughs> this campus must be at the forefront of progress in America. Yes, our president might be left-handed. But that does not represent the pathetic living conditions that so many left-handed people around the world and even here in the United States who are constantly threatened simply because they write or eat with a different hand. Even today, left-handed individuals are paid 68 cents to the dollar that right-handed individuals are paid. <laughs>
It is 2014, people. Oh, still change starts with awareness. (laughs) It might be 68 68 cents, but we're a lot happier. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Until right-handed people, especially cisgendered hetero white males in salmon-colored shorts, do, do not start checking their privilege. We will continually live in equality. That's fuck. That's fucking hilarious. No longer will I persevere in patience. No longer will I suffer in silence. I am a left-handed individual, and my humanity needs to be respected. The next time someone tells you to do the right thing, turn around and flick them off with your left middle finger. <laughs> so, there you go. That's funny. And then, so he wrote this, and uh, all the... They, they it turned into this big brouhaha because you know the whole campus completely flipped out went batshit well, that, crazy that campus is is extremely it, it's so far to the left it's not even funny i mean if people don't realize there there are spots in this in this world that are so far to the left that they're almost to the right yeah <clears throat> i mean they, they are you can't get any farther to the left than than the university of michigan well, but then, and the thing is, is like he's just using their language, and yes, he is talking yes. about a, a very slim minority of people. Yes, you know, and and actually, yes. I have actually had real life, real world job discrimination because I was left-handed. When yeah. I went to apply for residencies in general surgery, uh, a whole bunch of places just did not want left-handed surgeons, and they just told you right at the interview. Why is that? Uh, because. Uh, they're you have to rearrange the, the no. It's room? just that they're right-handed and they're not used to um, training left-handed surgeons. Oh. Uh, well, I can see where it's, it would be difficult. Well, it's not really. I mean, I don't have any problem training right-handed surgeons. It's just you know. So, but but so I mean, he just basically took their language and used it. But you know, he's not. You know, it's not all okay if he uses their same language and same victim terminology. <laughs> yeah, it's that's funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. Well, so then these three—I don't know what you'd call them—one fat lady and three um, other ladies with real short hair. They had on security camera putting on hoodies and then breaking into his apartment complex <laughs> and then like putting all this hate speech crap on his door. And since he's Aww. Muslim, they put like ham slices and stuff. Well, you know, what's interesting. He's left handed and left handed Muslim. That's pretty interesting because uh, being left handed and a Muslim is a bad thing. Is it? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause they, because your left hand is supposed to be dirty. OK. In <clears throat> the Muslim uh uh, in the in the Middle Eastern countries that that are Muslim, that's one of the punishments that they cut off your left hand. Huh. So that means you have to wipe your ass with your right hand. Oh, geez. You're not supposed to wipe your ass with the hand that you eat with. Right. Well, I can see the logic in that. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so there's some okay, left-handed so I, Michigan uh, news. <laughs> that was actually good. Yeah. I got some interesting trivia from you. Okay. For you. <laughs> 1986, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame opened up. Right, right. Okay. Now, name me three people that you think were the most influential rockers in rock and roll. Buddy Holly. um, 
Elvis. Uh, and moving on the timeline a bit. Hmm. That's early. Who's influential later on? Who? Okay, you you have to give the nod to Zeppelin, um, because okay. uh, they influenced so much of modern music. I mean, they they were right. influenced and stole. Actually, frankly, stole a lot of the blues music, but their influence well, has gone on to influence everybody this, else. One of the things that I that I found a little odd about the the whole Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing was. You were right on the the first year of the first. There were uh, I think ten inductees mm-hmm. the first year. Two, three, four, four. Oh. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten inductees. Uh-huh. Out of the ten inductees, you have Elvis Presley is white. You have Buddy Holly is white, and you have Jerry Lee Lewis. Was white. Yeah, I, I would put him in that in that first group that's extremely influential. Rest of them all black. Well, they they were influential. Oh yeah, I know. Hugely so. Yeah. When you look at the inductees, probably the first the first ten years, which would be the first hundred inductees, mm-hmm. I would have to believe that they're about sixty percent or seventy percent black. I would have to agree with that characterization, actually. That's racist. No, they they were more influential than 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 than, uh, than uh, white boys. Chuck Berry, James Brown, Ray Charles, Sam Cooke. I mean, I, I like absolutely. All these guys. I, I mean, would agree with all of them. Everly Brothers, Fats Domino, Little Richard. Ah, uh, yes. The and uh, you know that's. I would agree with every single one of those. Yep. Those were all good. Yep. Um, now, would you believe that it took until... Now, it opened up in 1986, so guys got to put that in perspective. So this has been going on since 1986. Uh-huh. It took till this year for KISS to get inducted into the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I'd believe that. Two years ago, Alice Cooper? I'd believe that. Because they're later um, acts. 70s? Yeah, but that's later. Peter Gabriel? 2014? Yeah. Um, hmm. See, Beastie Boys were in it, and I wouldn't even put them in it. <laughs> yeah, they're not... <laughs> They're not really Alice Cooper, rock. 2011. Alice Cooper definitely deserves to be in there. Yeah, 2011, though. Hmm. Um, Madonna, 2008. I mean... She probably deserves to be in there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying she doesn't. Yeah. 2006, Blondie. Blondie deserves to be in there. Um, at, uh, the, the, the cool but one you with... Think, uh, uh-huh. Wouldn't you think somebody like um, the Righteous Brothers or Jackson Brown should have been in before 2004? Yeah. Yeah, Jackson kinda, Brown and the Righteous Brothers, both of I them. I mean, Talking Heads, Talking Heads were in before them. Talking Heads is hugely influential. Uh, I, I mean, probably not on the music that, that you and I listen to, but in the music scene in, gen, in general. Yeah. 
I mean, they, it, it. I mean, you can't. You can't look. I think we're looking at it wrong. It's like it's not like when you got in means you're more influential than the next guy. It just means that your number came up. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what, that's what cracks me up. I mean, it's like I, I don't disagree with every one of them in the first year. Mm-hmm. Not at all. You know, I mean the the. Uh, um, but I just find it a little bit intriguing that some of the names didn't come up until later on in life. Okay, I have a question. You know, <clears throat> okay. Are any boy bands in there? Uh, yeah, actually, I think. Uh, hang on a second. I thought uh, Boys to Men were in it, but maybe not. Hmm. Metallica. They're not a boy band. No. And they deserve to be in there. Yes. Well, I can I can name one boy band for certain that's going to be in there. What's that? I'm going to about 90% of our audience is going to chimp out right now. Are you ready? <clears throat> one boy band that is absolutely in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The Beatles. <laughs> your ass down right this minute young lady <laughs> they are definitely in they are definitely in. oh the jackson five are in they would be considered that's a boy, a boy band, band. yeah michael jackson absolutely deserves to be in the rock and roll hall of fame absolutely yeah. positively and so do they well you know they were and they actually dedicated a fairly large amount to him stormy shut up he uh come here come here um they were saying that he had like one of the most successful uh, music videos that was yeah, ever thriller. done. Thriller, yep, thriller by far. Yeah. Uh, the, now, you know, and we were Kathy and I were talking about this the other day. Does MTV still do music videos like they used to? I don't know. I don't have TV, but the last time I had TV, they weren't doing any. Um, but you know, I don't know. That was. A long do time people ago. do do bands do music videos like they used to, or only only a handful of them do? I don't know. Honestly, I have no idea. I know for a while VH1 was doing some videos, but they don't... I think they... Last time I had a TV, which was a long time ago, they even were kind of getting over into the let's do reality TV crap. Yeah. So. Well, would you think that... Uh, um, now, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, yeah, I believe. Absolutely, positively, he should be yep. in there. And you know what? It took him till 2015. He's he's one of the new inductees for 2015. Huh. And along with Green Day. Green Day, mm, no. <laughs> okay, so that one I disagree with. They're derivative. What, what about what about uh, Heart? Heart, yes, should be in there. How about uh, the miracles? Yeah, baby, yeah. Smokey Robinson. Oh yeah, Smokey Robinson. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Beastie Boys, Blue Caps. I don't know who they are. Beastie Boys. I could. I question that one. I'm not going to say no, but I question it. Uh, I would put them in for their album Paul's Boutique. Yeah. Paul's Boutique is a masterwork. Um, okay. How about? <clears throat> this is kind of a funny one. Very prolific band, but I'm not sure rock and roll. Okay. ABBA. 
That's tough. <laughs> That's a tough one. It's tough for me to call that rock and roll. It is. I mean, and I guess that's the. But they have guess, they have like actual like rap artists in there now. So I I mean I don't know how yeah, you can say yep. no to ABBA, but yes to like, I don't know, what who yeah. whatever other artists. Well, and that's what that surprised me. There was a very small piece of rap music area in there, and uh, actually nobody was walking in there. Because <laughs> I think I think most people that go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think they are rock, they like rock and roll. Yeah. And and I think that there is a definite definition of what rock and roll is and what it isn't. Uh-huh. Well, and it's not rock music. <coughs> and yeah, and it's not it's not rap music. Right, rap music is its own thing. It's all right for rap music to be its own genre. Just like yeah, it's okay f- for rock too, just like it's okay for blues too and just like it's okay for jazz and classical yep. and country yep. and ska and whatever else you want to think of. And and you can and and I get how you can when you can trace your lineage to rhythm and blues and you can see the tempos and how and the and the change the chord changes and you can see you know with a tempo change and and it has the same melody but a tempo change yeah I mean if you look at some of the relationships between some of these old R and B bands and rock and roll I mean you definitely can see yeah. that there is a pattern that. That yeah, they progressed you, you can from. you can trace it back, all the way back to blues music and all the other yeah and and yep. blues music all the way back to um some of the African rap rap music. you can't trace back to nothing. Well, there are people that would argue that I don't really want to get into it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean it's its own I'm, thing. I'm, it's not. I mean it's not my thing. Um, I tend to spell it with a C. Um, <laughs> But, you know, some people really enjoy it, and some people find uh, something enjoyable and likable about it. it. I just don't, and that's yeah. just my thing. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, let's see. Okay, Queen Queen, I get. Yeah, Queen should be Queen belongs. Ma- um, Bruce Springsteen? Yes, um, I'll tell you why, uh, and I, I'm going to play some Bruce Springsteen music under us here. Let me find... Um, Geez, I gotta search through my iTunes here, but I, I want to tell you a Bruce Springsteen, a couple Bruce Springsteen songs that you should give a listen to. Uh, okay, so off of Born in the USA, that album, um, Cover Me is really good. Uh, Dancing in the Dark is pretty good. I'm on Fire is actually awesome. Off of Born to Run, uh, you've got Backstreets, which is really good, uh, and of course Jungle Land, which is my favorite uh, Springsteen album of or Springsteen song period. Dark. I have no idea why he's. Barking. I don't know. Darkness on the Edge of Town. Um, that's a great album. You've got Badlands. Uh, Greetings from Asbury Park, which is probably my favorite overall uh, album of his. Um, I like, uh, what's the one? Um, of course there's Spirit in the Night. Uh, that's a really good one. There's a bunch of other ones on there. Uh, The Wild, The Innocent. Um, that's another one of my favorite ones. Uh, Fourth of July, Asbury Park is like crazy good. Um, so anyway, that's all I know. Um, what, um, what do you think about, about Frank Zappa. 
Yes, absolutely. Frank Zappa should be in there for for numerous mm-hmm. things, not the least of which would be uh, the album Apostrophe, which has that one song on there, uh, Watch Out Where the Huskies Go, But Don't You Eat That Yellow Snow. <laughs> Isn't he the first one to use that, that uh, tube thing on the microphone? I don't know who the first was, but I know Peter Frampton used it uh, quite a lot. But uh, um, Zappa, his drummer for Apostrophe, was one of the guys that, I studied when I was switching over from uh, jazz to more backbeat-based ba- music. His name was Jim Gordon. Now, the the interesting thing about uh, Jim Gordon is he, in all of those bands that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. probably 50% of them, Jim Gordon played drums for them at one point or another or was recorded on their album. He, yeah, he's one of the most recorded musicians of all times. Um, in the history of musicians? In, yeah, so Jackson Brown, the Everly Brothers, uh, all those people you mentioned, Derek and the Dominoes, I mean, the list goes on. He played with uh, Traffic, uh, Zappa on Apostrophe. I mean, just uh, he played with Steely Dan. Just, I mean, you could name hundreds of albums, literally five or 600 albums that he's on that were hugely influential. Well, in about 1982, he axe-murdered his mom. <laughs> awesome and so he's he's in what if he did it to the beat no i think anyway, that's, that's just hardcore cruel right there but anyway he's in uh san quentin and um little little known fact he has co-writing uh, credits on layla you know uh really yeah, he wrote and and i think he even played the piano part the piano coda in layla wow yeah and so um and he has actually co-writing stuff on a lot of stuff and i'm sure he gets royalties but it's reported that he's one of the wealthiest individuals in california period because he's Real. been in prison in, since 1982 and been collecting royalties on all that music and stuff um but anyway so and he can't and he can't, and he can't spend it bummer yeah well yeah i don't think he's ever getting out of there but um it, it's a shame because his drumming was uh it's uh, it kind of sneaks under the radar, but it's so solid that if you wanna, if you're a drummer and you're trying to learn how to how to switch from being a jazz drummer to being a backbeat backbeat based drummer like blues and rock and stuff, you need to find people that actually work and actually get paid to play drums and figure out what they're doing. So he's one, and I we've had some at the music that he's played on on the podcast before. Another one that I studied is uh, John Guerin, and we've had uh, quite a bit of the stuff that he's played on on the podcast before, but stuff you would recognize would be, uh, did you see the movie Dirty Harry? Oh, yeah. The soundtrack on that? That's John Guerin. Um, He was also uh, Joni Mitchell's uh, drummer. Um, He was a drummer for uh, the L.A. Express, which was Joni Mitchell's backup band. And he also played, of course, with uh, Tom Tom Scott and the LA Express. So those are probably the two biggest influences um, in in drumming. I mean, there's guys, there's these studio guys that I've kind of studied and and learned from, but but those those were the two biggest. You know what surprised me was how many how many uh, um, bands that Glenn Campbell sang with. Yeah. Yeah, you go and look and see all these crazy things that these guys have done. Here's one for you. Uh, 
Kenny Rogers. Yeah. Known yeah. for uh, the cheesy 80s country music. Yeah. Guess what else he was in? What's that? The Fifth Dimension. So, you know, uh, what condition my condition was in. <laughs> uh, it's right. It's uh, one of the songs on the Big Lebowski. Uh, he, Kenny Rogers was a bassist in there. Yeah, he. I think he's in, in the Hall of Fame. He probably deserves to be just for his actual rock and roll work. Yeah. Um, another crazy one, uh, Rod Stewart. Uh, yeah. He, if you look at some of his early stuff with like the the faces and then his early solo work, um, some really incredible stuff that he did. Uh, what's the one? Uh, let me look and see my collection here. Rod. I got to recommend an album for people. Stewart. Uh, Every Picture Tells a Story. Mm-hmm. Um, is a fantastic album, um, early Rod Stewart stuff. Around that same time, if you want to hear, like, really, really good uh, Elton John, early, like, awesome <laughs> rock and... Uh, Don't shoot me, I'm only the piano player? <laughs> no, um, it's off of... Uh, oh, gosh, I can't... Um, what was that album? Um but Captain Fantastic and No, the no, no. It's Dirt older Cowboys. than that. Olden Elton really? John. Older than that? Uh, let me find his uh it's this this one here. Um this is actually I have this uh I have this album and I actually listen to it quite a bit. It's really awesome. Uh discography. It's Tumbleweed Connection, nineteen seventy. Freaking awesome. Awesome, awesome, Tumbleweed awesome. Collection. I don't think I've, Tumble, I must have heard yeah, that tum- one, but I don't remember. Tumbleweed Connection is fantastic. It's got, I'm trying to figure out what songs on it you'd know. You probably wouldn't know any of the songs on it, but they're they're awesome. Every single song on there is a winner. Hmm. I know I, know I had uh, Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboys, which was a really good, that must have been 1980. Yeah, 75. That when that one came yep. out, that was actually a good album. Yeah, very good. Album. Yeah, that was great. The cover art is fantastic on it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, if you if you ever get a chance, listen to Tumbleweed Connection. But, yeah. Actually, to be honest about it, uh-huh. actually, you know, you listen to Funeral for a Friend. That album, uh-huh. that's a pretty incredible album too. Hmm. When when was that? <clears throat> I'm not sure if I remember that one. Funeral for a Friend. Mm-mm. I don't remember that album. Very good. Huh. Yeah, I saw him uh, uh, live uh, several times in the early 80s. Yeah? Yeah, my mom really liked him. Yeah. Yeah, I saw him in uh, Vegas with my wife. We had a good time cool. with that. Um, but he, he did... Uh, funeral for... He, he wrote... He did Funeral for a Friend in a Weekend. I don't see that. I don't. I don't remember that album. I don't. I'm looking on iTunes. It's not even on. Oh, wait a minute. Albums. Uh, hmm. Oh, maybe it was Goodbye Yellowbrook Road. Maybe it was that album. Yeah, that's maybe a really that's good. That's an called. awesome album. <clears throat> that song is on there, right? Feeling for a friend. Uh. I no, I don't think it's on there. 
Um, yeah, fuel yeah, yeah, it is. Love I guess you're right. Yeah, eleven minutes long. Jeez. <laughs> so is Benny and the Jets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, there's a ton of them. Candle in the Wind, Benny and the Jets, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Yeah. The song has no title. Great song. Yep. Um, social disease, funny. Saturday night's all right for fighting. That's a yeah, great song. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I actually have that album somewhere in my stack yeah. of albums. But Philadelphia Freedom. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. There, <clears throat> anyways, on that note. Knives. Anything else knife-wise? Pointy, sharp objects. Um, we probably just annoyed the hell out of our audience <laughs> talking about I know. music. It's not. I know, but eh, it's it's, know, it's about it's, what we're interested in at the moment. It's, it's not necessarily it's art, always it's art. It's art, and we do you play know, quite it, a it bit of music on the podcast. So sometimes it would be nice to, you know, say. Sometime I'll say why I put certain things in certain spots because I, I choose the music. Um, I don't know. I, I put stuff that I like in there, but a lot of times I'll put stuff in there that's uh, for a reason. Kathy gets a Kathy gets a kick out of it. Yeah, it's fun when, when we listen. She gets a kick out of it. Oh, uh, she thinks it's fun. You know uh, Chuck Sims. Mm-hmm. Uh, one musical contribution he he has made to the podcast is uh, every once in a while, uh, when when the music is closing, I'll put uh, uh, something in there. It sounds kind of electronic. That one, that's from Blade Runner, <laughs> or not Blade Runner, uh, Escape from New York. So you remember that movie with, uh, yep. yeah, yep, and yep, uh, yep. Uh, my one of my favorite uh, actors, uh, Lee Van Cleef, Ernest Borgnine, John Carpenter directing. How can you go wrong? And this, right. the soundtrack is really good, so you'll hear stuff from like that occasionally. You know, speaking of knife movies, yeah. Did you ever see that one with uh, same the same actor? Uh-huh. And they're in Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah. He throws that double-edged knife at the, that Gerber <laughs> Guardian or whatever it is toward the end. That's funny. Yeah. But that's a knife. That's a knife movie. Yeah. Lots of knives in it. Yeah, a lot of those uh, '80s uh, movies were awesome. Um, mm-hmm. I think today, since it's uh, so close to Christmas, I'll uh, play a little uh, uh, I'll, Dirty Santa. <laughs> no, 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 not Bad Santa. <laughs> I'll put uh, what I'll do is I'll put um, a Christmas thing in here so uh, people can enjoy that. Uh, little jingle bells action. No, I there's a there's a there's a CD that came out in 2005 uh, that I really like for uh, Christmas stuff. Mantime Steamroller. No, that's older than that, I think. Yeah, it? no, um, yeah. So I'll, I'll put it on under the as a bed under the last five minutes here, and we'll see if you can guess what it is. <laughs> When, when you hear it. All right. Anything else? Um, no. No. Not, not really. Just getting ready for Christmas. Yeah. We may or may not get another one uh, up by Christmas. I don't know. Well, the other thing, I, I, I don't know if you got that email from iTunes or not, but they're 
they're going to be slow getting stuff up. Yeah, yeah. So even if we, you know, you get one put up, it might not hit iTunes right away. Yeah. So uh, at least until <laughs> January fifth, um, it's possible that this is it. Um, I'm probably not going to go to a huge amount of effort putting up long ones until after January fifth. We just got too much stuff going on. Yeah, it's kind of rough, but I, we always managed to sneak one or two in over the Christmas break there. Yep. So uh, let everybody know what we got for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What sharp, pointy instruments we got for Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, if you got nothing else. I got nothing. Um, okay. Uh, like us on Facebook, uh, James D. Noka and. Uh, and actually, uh, say hi to uh, Franklin Noka, who is Stormy. <laughs> That's his Facebook page, so if you want to like him, you're more than welcome We're having to. a Kickstarter to uh, have his goat, uh, vocal cords removed. Yeah. Um, you yeah. can contribute to that <laughs> if you want. <laughs> and actually, if you haven't noticed, he's been a little bit better. Yeah, he's been better. Um, <clears throat> and... Uh, uh, like us on Facebook, KR Versteg, Knife Journal Podcast. Um, go to knifejournal.com, sign up for the forums. Uh, if you've got any questions or comments, send them to podcast at knifejournal.com. If you, we'll make sure we read them. Yep, if you want to see the video of that uh, Prometheus Design Works knife, yep, um, I, I did a my, my only unboxing video, although one time... This is funny. Uh, one time I did an unboxing video of a pork belly. <laughs> when I was making bacon, it's the only, I guarantee you, it's the only one on YouTube. But okay. uh, this is my only real unboxing video because I wanted this, in this case, the, the packaging was so cool. I wanted to show it so you can get a kind of a close up look of a knife and stuff like that. Just look up Average Iowa Guy on YouTube. I got nothing to yeah, check that guy out. And uh, yep, if that's if that's all we got, Stormy says goodbye. And uh, keep your knife sharp and your friend sharper. Yep, bye. Some call him Manuel, think I'll call him Jesus. Mm, yes, think I'll call him Jesus. Mm, yes, pretty little Jesus, glory.